Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Holocron Histories podcast. As you know, or may not know, I am Austin, also known as Teacup. I am one of the hosts of this podcast. I'm here with my other co-host. Ben of Tamaria. Yeah. All right. So, Ben, we're in... We're still doing this kind of like faction government thing with the universe, but we're kind of we've kind of done all the governments really moving yeah, away. Yeah, we we uh we got the major governments out of the way, like the major main factions that you see in most conflicts. Now we're going to get into some of the smaller so some of the smaller factions. So start of the day we are going to be going over the Bounty Hunter Guild, which everybody knows Bounty Hunters now, thanks to the Mandalorian. Because, you know, he's all of our favorite Bounty Hunter, besides Boba Fett. Um, and then going forward, we're going to be going a little bit more into the smaller guilds or of, like, some crime syndicates, uh, some of the cartels and stuff like that going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, bounty hunters, I think, are something that are almost like as married to Star Wars as the lightsaber is. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And Because I remember the first time I ever heard bounty hunters is in that scene in Empire when they're introducing them and you have the slew of, the slew of bounty hunters with Bosk and Dengar and Bo- obviously Boba Fett. And that one Imperial agent just goes, bounty hunters, we don't need their scum. Right, yes. And we will go over that a little bit, actually, today on this episode and the canon part. I'm um, pretty sure I have that noted down uh, from that scene. But yeah, uh, as you'll find out later, um, a lot of the Empire do, do not like bounty hunters. And there's a reason for it. Hmm, Interesting right <laughs> uh so yeah let's start with the uh with the legends part of the bounty hunters um so bounty hunters um start off like as a summary uh rogue bounty hunters come into the conflict with jedi knights more often uh more and more often leading to increasing numbers of deaths so this is before obviously um the prequel films this is like during the old republic uh, era of star wars 
So the Jedi Order requested the Galactic Senate address the matter. The Senate decided that the best way to regulate hunters, the hunters, was for the bounty hunters to police themselves. The hunters were allowed to form governing bodies, providing that they were adhered by to bylaws and create personal records, leading to the creation of many guilds. Soon, these guilds formed together, creating one overarching group, the Bounty Hunters Guild. The four founders has a vision of uniting bounty hunters, training apprentices, and encouraging the co- uh, cooperation with the Jedi Order and with each other. So, just from that, before there was a guild, bounty hunters literally were lawless cowboy men, basically, in the galaxy. Doing whatever they please, and nine times out of ten were fighting Jedi because they were doing something they probably shouldn't have been doing. Right. And I think that bounty hunters, they get, they're kind of like Sloan and like the bad guy side of Star Wars, but they're really just around for people to, organizations to hire when they need to track down a criminal. Or someone yeah. who has a bounty or a price on their head. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not always justified, but we have seen some good bounty hunters like the Mando. Or there are a couple bounty hunters in, I think, that episode of Clone Wars where they're on the like planet with the... It's like a farmer and they have to defend the farmstead from Hondo. Oh, yep. Yeah, I remember that. I can't yeah. remember what bounty hunter what, what it was. Who that was? Well, the guy with the with the hat that he throws is in there. Embo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, now we get to the during the old Sith wars. So this is during um, the old Republic era. Still, during the old Sith wars, many hunters ceased to follow the creed, giving it uh, giving into dark, desperate moods at times. Uh, with the Jedi nearly extinct, Goto, leader of the exchange on Narshada, put out a bounty and hoped that the guild's members would bring them alive. However, many thought of the this as a, de- as a decree to destroy Jedi and attempt to kill known survivors. Members of the guild on Narshada turn on each other in eagerness to capture Maitra Surak. Uh, Vosk, the leader of the guild, was one of those few loyal to the creed. So, this gets into the events also of KOTOR 2. So, uh, Matrix Surik is actually the name in Legends for the Jedi Exile in KOTOR 2. And Goto is the most non-useful companion you will ever get in that game. <laughs> so, there's that too. You're muted. There we go. It's so frustrating because... He has such an interesting story if you really, like, dive into what Goto is. Um, So it's just, it's unfortunate that he is useless because, I mean, it's not like he's a bad concept. He just is compared to the other two droids that you get in... KOTOR, like if you wanted another droid companion, if you wanted droid companions, there are two far superior options than GOTO. Yeah, I mean, you have T3 and then HK, 
Goto mm-hmm. is basically, like, if people don't know, Goto is just a, basically a giant sphere probe droid, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one uses him. Like, yeah. ever. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing because this is a big deal that happens. So when you're in KOTOR 2, and here's some spoiler warnings, basically when you arrive on Narshada, basically all the bounty hunters are like, oh my gosh, we can get this bounty, we can turn it in, it'll be awesome. And they start going against each other, which breaks the bounty hunter truce, which mm-hmm. basically causes an all-out war on Narshada. Uh, and so this is kind of like where that guild comes in. The guild regulated the bounty hunters from turning on each other. And then that kind of breaking of the truce on Nar Shaddaa gets there. And then you see this, like, this kind of morality comes later on, all the way to Mando when they're going in the first episode of Mando. When Mando comes across IG-11, he's basically like, I'm a member of the guild. Don't shoot me. Like, mm-hmm. Right. There's a truce that exists there. And on Nar Shaddaa, it means to get this Jedi, the truce breaks. And yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now, now we get to the golden age of the Republic. So a few years after 900 BBY. So this is way later after the old Republic stuff. So, this is like thousands of years after Old Republic. Uh, a a human-only faction was created, forming a, a schism in the guild. They invaded, invaded Mandalorian territory, and the Mandalorians retaliated by exploding the location of their first meeting, a space station at Elixar, uh, killing them all. This pushed the guild to recruit members of many different species to prove that the guild was not a speciest, even droids were allowed to join. So, the, yeah, there's a uh, definitely different stuff going on. Why can't I get rid of this? Oh no, my notes. There we go. And then, um, so then, 700 years later after that, in 200 BBY, the Mandalorians won a war against the Ithorians, uh, then proceeded to exterminate the entire Ithorian species. Um, The Jedi Council failed to take action against the Mandalorians, so a number of rogue Jedi teamed up with the Bounty Hunter Guild to take down the ruling Mandalore. So... That there's another reason that Mandalor Mandalorians are uh, warmongers and like to fight and do crazy things. And um, Athorians are kind of hard to explain. If you ever go to Galaxy's Edge, um, Doc Ondar. If you go ever into his den of antiquities, uh, you will see Doc Ondar in his shop, and he's an Athorian. So, uh, following the departure um, from the Coloran system in 53 BBY, the Hut crime lord uh, Reboga placed a bounty on the 
uh, Grand Nodden Paul, which could only be collected if Paul was ever left the Corillian uh, system. The Bounty Hunter Guild sent some of his minions to the system uh, prior to Peral's movements. Um, they never knew where he left. I can't remember who... Grand Nadalyn Paul was. So a Grand... Well, I can't remember. There's a species of like weird bug insect things in KOTOR 2 that all hang out as a clan in Narshada. And so I want to know if that's the same species. No. So a Grand is... So it's the aliens that have like... The weird antenna off the top, and then they have like three eyes that stick out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Here, let me. I'm gonna find it so everyone can see. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand, um, okay. A grand is, yeah, the. Oh, God. What's his, um,. There are some in the Old Republic. Um, I'm trying to think. I know you see these guys in Clone Wars. Um, just can't remember any well-known ones in Clone Wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, they put um, a hut. Obviously, puts a bounty on them, um, and. It, it didn't work out in this, like, at all. Um, and then uh, the Maverick Jedi, John uh, Antelides, former apprentice of the Dark Woman, infiltrated the guild prior to the Clone Wars, bringing many murderers to justice. So, a Jedi went undercover in the Bounty Hunter Guild, which is cool. So, uh, then that leads into the Clone Wars. Uh, during, the, during the Clone Wars, the Crimson Nova chapter, under the leadership of Mika, sanctioned a bounty on a Jedi offered by Karis Finn. This was a direct con uh, contradiction to the history of the Guild's alliance with the Republic. Mika, crazed by her hatred of Jedi, refused to end the bounty when Mace Windu, ancient... Kolar, Saiz Ten, and Kit Fisto arrived on the space station. The Jedi captured Mika and uh, Stroth, former leader of the chapter, took um, took over and agreed to end the bounty and turn over Karisfin to the Republic. So, not really. I mean, so with the Bounty Hunter Guild, and as you can tell from the info I'm getting. There's uh, there's a lot in Legends, but it's more, uh, I would say it's getting a lot more development with canon since we have the Mandalorian going forward, and we have a lot of the uh, Boba Fett comics. And there's actually a comic line specifically for bounty hunters right now. That's an ongoing issues. Yeah, I think that it's just something that will always continue to be developed. Um, and the Jedi aren't unknown to use bounty hunters for their own True. purposes, too. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's really kind of where we get into like the bounty hunters kind of walk this like in between like good and bad guys. They're very gray. They're like in the middle unless like credits are put their way and then they go right. forever who you know who has the most money. <clears throat> so but, uh... in the game in the game Galaxy of Heroes mm-hmm. the faction the bounty hunter faction is very it's well fleshed out in that but they frustrate me because so obviously both fets are in the bounty hunter faction as they should be but they put they gave Django separatist affiliation he's not a separatist if you're going to give Django the separatist affiliation Boba should have the empire one and he does not oh Boba I had Boba in that game and I I haven't even looked at him He's like one of my highest global characters too. <laughs> but that's that's like that's, Boba that's interesting. Isn't... Like I mean, I see why they if put anything, separatists, but like, but like also Django is the template for all the clones, so he could be could be Galactic Republic too. That is true. That is very true. Ooh. So now we get to the Galactic Civil War. So this is the area of uh, the original trilogy four, five, six. The guild itself survived under the leadership of the Trandoshan Kradrosk, father of Bosk, where it acted as a formal allied holding to the Empire. According to the official field manual for the Imperial Forces, the Imperial Handbook, a Commander's Guide, the reason for this working relationship was because of the belief among bounty hunters that the highest bid makes the rules. This continued until around 1 ABY, when it was destroyed through the manip- uh, through the manipulation of Boba Fett, the plan itself uh, was the work of Prince Zyor, who enlisted Kudar Mubat uh, as a middleman between himself and Fett. So that I, I did not know, Bosk's father actually led the Bounty Hunter Guild. That's interesting. For one. I didn't know Bosk had a father that was, you know, not dead. I have a question, and yeah. I, this is never clear to me. But, like, so the episode, like, in Clone Wars, I believe it's called, like, Lost Padawan. It's where Ahsoka gets kidnapped by the Trandoshan, like, hunters. Mm-hmm. I, is that, like, Bosk's family? Like, I never, it was never um... clear. Like, they made weird allusions to it and then obviously Chewie was there. I think so. I would have to rewatch that. Like I don't know, they do a lot of nods. I mean Trandoshans like there's a lot of Trandoshans in Star Wars, but obviously the most well known Trandoshan is Bosk. So I mean yeah. I wouldn't surprise if they it's like a connection and between the two. And especially if Chewie's in- there. Yeah, he's in other episodes of the Clone Wars, especially the yeah. ones surrounding Boba. Boba and, so, and like Cad Bane and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I was just curious if you knew because I didn't. Yeah, I don't remember on the top of my head now. Um but Fett, who was known for his disdain for the guild, joined it, 
turn it into two factions, the True Guild and the Guild Reform Committee. The True Guild was composed of the elders who would run the guild and reap the profits, igniting the resentment of the younger bounty-earning members who formed the Guild Reform Committee. This manipulation resulted in the Bounty Hunter Wars. The weak hunters were crushed, leaving only the strong to be hired by the Empire. During the conflict, Bosk killed his killed and devoured his father and um, it's interesting where they use the word devoured pretty sure i'm pretty sure that meant uh, bosk ate his own father i mean they are lizards but like do lizards eat their do lizards eat their members like i don't like i don't know enough about don't i don't know much about lizards i know i think some reptiles do but I don't quote me on that. I'm, I don't know much about lizard biology or anything in that. But yeah, that, that's interesting. It's like, oh, I can understand killing his father, but like eating him? Like, I don't know if it's something to do with the great hunt that the Trandoshans believe in to where mm-hmm. they like serve the hunt master and like every kill they get gives them a new... Uh, Rent, uh, puts up on their score to get to have a better life after they die. I don't know, but um, in the aftermath of the Bounty Hunter Wars, only Dengar, Bosk, and several others were left alive. Boba Fett and Dengar once teamed up to capture Han Solo, but failed, making the end of their partnership. Bosk eventually retired. Zuckus and Forlom split up and hunted fewer and fewer bounties. And then later during the war, the same uh, belief about the highest bid making the rules was ultimately uh, what resulted in the guild siding with the rebels. That's interesting. I did not know the guild started siding with the the, uh, rebel alliance. Well, yeah, and I think that There's in Legends or like the Empire greatly favors Boba Fett. And like he oh, is yeah. a he's a great bounty hunter and extremely talented, but they greatly favor him and the other bounty hunters kind of get start getting basically ticked off about it. And so Yeah, they uh they definitely showed favoritism to Boba. I mean he one, he was a clone of Django, who the clones were the Grand Army of the Republic. And then, right. who ultimately took down how many battle droids during the Clone Wars. And then, right. secondly, like, just his skill alone, like, we see him in Empire to take down, to track down Luke, or in track down Han, specifically, succeeds mm-hmm. in carbonizing him. And then that's a whole other story I just found out recently. Um yeah. But then we see him, if you play a bunch of games, he also shows up in um, Star Wars Force Unleashed 2, where Darth Vader uh, makes him track down Starkiller. Um, like, he he's in so much stuff. Right, and it comes down to, like, of course the Bounty Hunters Guild is going to side with the Rebellion because they thrive when there's not a lot of people interfering with what they're doing. And with the Empire, the Empire wants to control everything. So they would want the bounty hunters basically to be like the Inquisitors for them. People they can just send willy-nilly mm-hmm. to do whatever they want. And the Bounty Hunter Guild does not want to operate like that. Right. 
Yep. And then, so now we get to the second Imperial Civil War. So this is way later, um, after the original trilogy. So this is, uh, by 137 ABY, the guild remained active. It had, it had infiltrate, uh, it had been inf, inf, words are hard today, I swear. (laughs) Infiltrated by... Aslan Ray, a former Padawan and undercover member of the Imperial Knights, Black Sun Assassin Kuvrat, was a member ha, had been a member of the guild until he was expelled by Infern with other hunters' bounties. And that that's that's it. Like that's all there was really in the in Second Imperial Civil War. There wasn't really anything. It's like okay, Padawan went undercover. Um, and then a black sun assassin was a member of the guild. I mean the the black suns were a big assassin guild. It's always interesting to me because like at least Star Wars isn't clear on the thing that certain crime syndicates like basically have bounty hunters on retainer. Like Boba Fett is almost like always in the employ of Jabba the Hutt or the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas, like, other bounty hunters might have allegiance to other crime syndicates or whatever. Like, uh, Chrysanthemum is obviously first in the ploy of the Hut Cartel and then later freely joins Boba Fett. Right. Yep. But, yeah, that's what we got in Legends. So, we want to take our mid-show break. Yeah, let's do that. I didn't jump the gun this week. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things that don't have to do with legends versus canons uh or canon um in star wars and so yeah this is where we take time to let you know that if you would like to support us financially we do have a patreon you can find that link by going to patreon slash holocron histories or the link will be in the episode description if you listen to this not live um so yeah um there are different tiers that you can join that give different benefits from just the basic tier which will give you ad-free episodes and all the way up to coming up on the show with us and getting your name read out on every single episode yeah and like our next patron episode we did decide we are going to go over the obi-wan series since the final episode will be that week so yeah super exciting I will be in Disney. Yeah, you'll be taking a. Uh, Austin will be taking a trip to Batu. So, it, it it it's it sucks that he won't be here. But hey, Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> we all <Yes>. understand. <laughs> all right. Another great way to support the podcast is to leave us ratings or reviews. You can rate us on Spotify or leave us reviews on Apple. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read your review out on a later episode of the show. And Ben, today we have two reviews to read. We have two? Yeah, I saw one. What? I got, I got two. 
Okay. All right. This says, uh, this review comes from Hasselhoff, uh, and it says, a worthy recognition in the Jedi archives. Uh, And Hasselhoff says, excellent podcast. The two hosts know many secrets of the Force, able to simplify the complex legends and canons lore and show how they are similar and different. If you have ever wondered where all the lore for Star Wars comes from, give this podcast a listen to. Thank you, Hasselhoff. Thank you so much, Hasselhoff. Yes. And our next review comes from Revan's Mask. Uh, it says, you've taken your first step into a larger world. Uh, five star. Uh, binge through every episode today and love them all. Thank you for making it easier to see the difference between legends and canon and for reminding me of how many great Star Wars properties there are outside of the films and TV shows. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, big, big thank you for everybody putting reviews on Apple and rating us on spotify it really really helps us and um i did check um austin we are ranked two like are in the top 250 tv and film podcasts in south africa woohoo go south africa right (laughs) all right um also let you know if you want to come and hang out with us talk with us chat with us about star wars there are great places to do that two of which are either the robots radio discord where you can find us in our holocron histories channels we're both teacup 92 and ben of tamaria there Uh, or you could join the cups podcasting more server which is the server for the podcast that i am a host on um the Dragon Age Lorecast, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, and this podcast. We are also Teacup92 and Ben of Tamaria on that server. Uh, so, yeah, you can join us there. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Yes, always a good time. All <laughs> right. Are you ready to get back into it? We are. All right. All right, now that we're back, we get to go into the canon of stuff to where there's a bit more info. So there's not much anything, obviously, in the Old Republic era because none of that is really canon at all as of yet for Star Wars. So we have in the Clone Wars, um, Bosk, a tradition known for for hunting Wookiees, was a member of the Bounty Hunters Guild during the Clone Wars. Such information was known to the Jedi Master Quinlan Voss, who specialized in undercover operations. So, I didn't put a whole lot in Clone Wars because you can actually watch a lot of this stuff in the Clone Wars animation uh, show. And also, you can watch stuff in Rebels as well with Bounty Hunters. But, um, like as we were saying earlier in the show... Um, there's a lot of episodes that deals with Boba Fett when he's like younger as a teenager growing up um, after Attack of the Clones, which we all know he loses his father. Um, and then we also see Cad Bane, who did make a recent exper- uh, appearance in the Book of Boba um, chapter of The Mandalorian to where you see him during the Clone Wars as well with a bunch of other uh, well-known uh, bounty hunters such as like IG-88, Bosk, um, 
I'm trying to think the other. There's a bunch of different ones. In the Clone Wars? Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of bounty so hunters. You got Aura Singh. You have um, Dengar, Embo. There's a lot of them. <laughs> right? Yes. Um, I mean, there, there's like a bounty hunter arc in Clone Wars, yeah. specifically. Specifically with Cad Bane. Right. Sadly, Maul kind of... Uh, he does his things to the bounty hunter. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Which is interesting <laughs> to like talk about the Clone Wars. So Maul, as we know, if you've watched the Clone Wars, Maul in his arc creates the uh, Shadow Collective or whatever. I think that's believes what it's called. Yeah, Shadow what he Collective. Creates, mm-hmm. um, which is a diff- bunch of different crime syndicates that report to him. Um, the Death Watch, the Pike Syndicate. Uh, at one point, he gets the Hut Cartel involved, and what later evolves into the Crimson Dawn mm-hmm. all come under Maul. But he doesn't get the Bounty Hunters Guild. No. Which no. I just found interesting. Yeah, I, and with that, I, uh, to me, I think it's because the Bounty Hunters want to stay independent and be in charge of themselves without having to report to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Because, but also they want to yeah. have more, a little bit more freedom when it comes to their jobs. I think it's also important. The Bounty Hunters Guild is a public face, true. Whereas, yeah. like, and like the the Hut cartels are also kind of a public face because they control their own worlds mm-hmm. and the Pike Syndicate, but the rest of them are just kind of like in the in the shadow behind the scenes, right? You like hear random things about them existing, but not you don't ever like interact with them really Mm -hmm. whereas most people might interact with a bounty hunter or see someone from the bounty hunters guild in the star wars universe Mm -hmm. yeah like austin was saying like the bounty hunter guild was a legalized thing by the senate of the republic like it was a legitimate Mm -hmm. organization in the face yeah there was some shady stuff that happens but it was a legitimate business that people could hire bounty hunters to do whatever tasks they need to be done and as long as you had the credits, it's what would happen. Yeah. Um, as long as they get paid, they get paid. That's all that matters. <laughs> and we'll talk about this probably later, but like there is like this big code that exists in mm-hmm. the Bounty Hunters, which I think one of the reasons that Boba Fett kind of isn't like liked by the Bounty Hunters is because he kind of shirks the code a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we get into the Imperial era. So, in the Imperial Era, the Bounty Hunters Guild was allowed to issue issue Imperial Peacekeeping Certificates to their Bounty Hunters, allowing to, them to access the Imperial Enforcement Data Core. Guild, members, uh, guild member Bosk took on bounties in Imperial territory with one hunt involving partnership with a street orphan named Ezra Brizzer that resulted in the Imperial Holonet News reporting of the guild members' courageous actions publicizing Bosk as a hero of justice. And this was in a book called Ezra's uh, Gamble. Ezra's Gamble. So, obviously everybody knows Ezra from Rebels. This is his time before Rebels when he was still a street orphan on the streets of Lothal trying to survive. And he did something... 
that caught the attention of some high imperial officer and they hired you know a bounty hunter to try to take care of him obviously he got uh ezra gets away but yeah ezra was still making mischief before he met specters always so during the galactic civil war uh alliance intelligent agent uh cassian jenin ondor gave an uh gave an assignment of the guild to general Daptis Draven and the uh, Rebel Files. In search of the Allies, the uh, Rebel Alliance found that through a Rebel agent in the Guild, sentiment was training negative amongst hunters regarding the Rebel Alliance, and as the Empire made greater, greater use of the Guild services against the Rebellion, Ondor reported in conclusion that Kradosk uh, and making a killing uh, is making a killing, and that the alliance should seek other factions for support in their fight for freedom. And Kradosk is the you know father of Bosk. So here's that that will be another thing that we will see maybe in the future. Because um, Cassian Andor is you know we know him from Rogue One, but he is going to get his own series here uh, starting August thirty first. And we do know that will be two seasons, thanks to celebrations. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it's hard to think about anything other than Kenobi right now. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh, oh, yes. Um, but after being discharged from peril service, uh, Bellaret uh, Valorance uh, became a bounty hunter and began stealing bounties from members of the guild, breaking the bounty hunter code. Uh, Zorn, a member of the guild, attempted to confront him along with several other bounty hunters over the stolen bounties. Valance, who had in fact lured them there, proceeded to kill them. So that's just another bounty hunter in the guild killing other bounty hunters, which does go against the code, which we'll go over. In the aftermath of the Battle of Hoth, Darth Vader personally posted a bounty on the Millennium Falcon, a rebel vessel attracting the guild hunters Moss, Kadendakar, Boba Fett, IG-88, Forlom, and Zuckus, all for whom invited into the Imperial Superstar Destroyer Executor's Bridge, the leader of Vader's personal Starfleet, Admiral Firmus, Firmus Pite, expressed his uh, aversion to the Pyre's employment of the guild hunters, declaring them as scum, to a subordinate while on duty aboard the Executor's Bridge. Which, as Austin said earlier, and we were talking about earlier in the show, the uh, Imperials don't like, or Vader's like the only one that really, like, employs bounty hunters. Most Imperial officers don't like bounty hunters, because they want to do their own jobs themselves, basically. Right. Well, you know, here's the thing about that, Piet. If I was Admiral to Lord Vader, I'd be happy for bounty hunters to take the job because that means that they failed when they don't catch them and they're the mm-hmm. ones that get force choked and not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? You, so you don't have to worry about, you know, dying or worrying about your life every single day while you're trying to track down a you know, rebel ship. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So now we get into the New Republic era. So this is after the uh, after the original trilogy, going into Mando. 
Uh, following the Empire's major defeat in, uh, in the Battle of Endor in 4 ABY, the Rebel Alliance reformed into the New Republic. Believing the bounty hunter trade was now under threat thanks to the new government, Dengar wanted to form a proper bounty hunter union. His prediction began to come true in 5 ABY in the ma- aftermath um, of the attack on Trandella. As the New Republic trying to make sure its security forces look strong, stopped hiring bounty hunters. Later that year, the Empire fell in the Battle of Jakku. By around 9 ABY, the Bounty Hunters Guild had operations on the volcanic world of Navarro and are no longer operating on Tatooine. A di- disgraced magistrate named Gref- Grief Karga ran the operations from the cantina in the city. So that's where we're going to, that, that's where. Basically, Mando starts. So, Dengar started all that, which is interesting. And then, basically, have Gref run the show. Yeah. It also makes sense that, you know, they would be concerned about their continuation because so much has changed with... They spend most of their time with the Republic in one form or the other, whether it changes that. And then the Empire comes along and things start getting a little stricter and then this new government is coming on. It's like, well, okay, basically the entity that we made our deal with no longer exists anymore. So what's happening? Right. Yeah. So around nine ABY, all the bounty hunters operating from Navarro were hired by a member of the Imperial regiment known as the client to capture or kill a target known as the asset. The asset was being held by a company of the Nikto mercenaries at their encampment on Arvala 7, two guild members, the droid IG-11, and a Mandalorian named Den Jaren arrived in the encampment and killed the mercenaries. The pair discovered that the asset was an infinite infant of the same species as Jedi, Grandmaster Yoda. Although the Mandalorian wanted to extract the child alive, IG-11 intended to kill it, so uh, Jaren, Mando, I'm just going to call him Mando, uh, shot him in the head to protect the child. So, as you can see, this is straight up the events of Mandalorian, Season 1. Um, and then by the time of the Resistance, uh, the Bounty Hunters Guild was reformed into Organization Resistance. Vice Admiral uh, Amelin Holdo saw the potential partner against the First Order, an Imperial Regiment with strong ideologics beliefs that the fellow resistant members Kalun Imat uh, speculated to be the reason behind the orders reluctant to do business with the guild with res- reservations Amet agreed with ha- uh, Holdo's comment and the rebel files that the resistance could form a successful partnership with the guild so the rebel files um, as I mentioned multiple times during this episode is a legends and canon book that you can buy um specifically going over different stuff with the rebel alliance um there's also like an empire book there's a smuggler book there is the book that is literally called the bounty hunters code uh which specifically goes over a bunch of the bounty hunter stuff yeah it's in the same kind of line of streams if you've read like the the jedi path or the sith Mm -hmm. i think it's uh the book of the sith it's It's literally right in front of of my face (laughs) yeah um it's all in the same kind of it's it's made by this uh i think it's actually written by the same guys who did Mm -hmm. those who did those two books um 
So decades prior to the Empire's defeat at the Battle of Endor, the former guild hunter Salino Chandro eventually left the organization. He gained a reputation the words for capturing Imperial refugees. This reputation had left the former guild hunter paranoid of First Order First Order Prizzles. That's how you say that word. Uh, although Chandro healed the resistance call for uh, heated his resistance call for assistance over Exegol and aided the destruction of the Sith Order. So, yeah, that is the New Republic era. Now we're gonna I'm gonna get into a little bit of how the Order worked or the Guild worked. Um, let's see how much time we have. I can run through this real fast. Um, so it's so with the guild bounty hunter guild make it legalized during the time of the Galactic Empire uh, or Galactic Republic and its successor, the Galactic Empire. Proper certification was required of the in the bounty hunter profession to ensure the legally uh, the processing uh, involved specifically the handling wanted quarry and delivery uh, of a posted bounty by the issuing authority. Working alongside galactic governments, the Bounty Hunters Guild, abbreviated to BHG, ex uh, expedited much of the bureaucrat hassle required to attain necessary legal permits for guild members, allowing them to hunt across the galaxy with an official license. In the Imperial era, the Imperial Office of Criminal Investigations had an entire branch dedicated to working with the guild, and wealthy moths were willing to pay hunters to handle their issues. So, another thing, that uh, bounty hunters like money, and the Empire had plenty of credits to spend. So, um... Now, like guild hubs, so we do know the guild hub on um, Navarro and the Mandalorian. Um, uh, let's see, there was also uh, the Empire preferred to pay hunters uh, through transfers, register uh, instead of hard currency, and after a successful hunt, the guild members could be paid directly into their accounts by the guild agent through. Although the Tweelik offered to deduct from a Boba Fett's payout on a special deal on the Jorgon Spa, which she thought was the uh, thought the hunter deserved, bounties at guild hubs were identified through holograms. Beside the bar, larger bounties were advertised on posters, such as the case for the quarry of Zingo Gabnet, and who the routine agent provided additional information on Fett. So. We see this and, in Mandalorian, actually, I think, too. Yeah. Where they have the little pucks or they whatever. That bounty of pucks, they're transferring to accounts, except for the client who specifically gave Mando Beskar. Which, obviously, he knew he wanted Beskar because Mando is a Mando. Right. Um, it's also interesting, you'll see that, like, at some point, bounty hunters have, like, a connection to some kind of network. Um, especially if you've seen in a recent episode of a current show out there, when a certain bounty goes out, like they're all notified at once. Yes. Yes. If there's a high priority target, they're all notified and go watch that new show. It's great. 
Yeah. Um, which we see that in Mando too, like when Mando takes the kid and breaks into the clients, takes True. Grogu, mm-hmm. takes Grogu right here. Um, they the bounty hunters know almost right away. Yes. To like come exactly. in, like look for him. Yep. And we get that awesome fight scene when Mando's leaving with all the other Mandos coming to help him. That was epic. Um, So then there's the membership. Bounty Hunter Guild memberships were composed of bounty hunters of various species as well as independent droid models. In addition to recruiting hunters, uh, Guild employed the services of uh, bail bondsmen, individuals who brokered bounties with hunters, serving as the intermediary between the hunters and the client. A bondsman offered jobs and paid out upon a successful hunt. So there's there's a middleman. They, they, the guild hire middlemen so the clients aren't more or less endangered, basically. Mm-hmm. And while the hunter still gets paid. Yeah. Or Which if is... the hunter gets mad, they can kill the middleman. <laughs> right. Uh... Which comes to a good point of like mando meeting with the client that's rare in the bounty hunter guild yes Uh, yeah normally they're just given a bounty and they come and they deliver there's like a middleman they deliver to the guild kind of like we see at the beginning of mando where he brings Mm -hmm. all the people frozen in carbonite to grief karga and he's like okay well here you go and like uh we see like grief gives him a puck gives him a bounty buck here Mm -hmm. here's here's your next bounty that you can go after Grief is used being the middleman between him and the client. Mm-hmm. And then um, bounty hunter droids were also very ideal, specifically the IG models, because um, they could carry Bacta. They could um, be either you can they can smuggle themselves onto ships and platforms or disguise like they're they're droids. No one's going to like people will be like curious and wonder why there's a droid with a like you know an e11 blaster rifle but like other than that like it's a droid he doesn't even need a weapon right uh well and you look at this in uh clone wars when you see like the ig i think it's 85 or something like that or maybe 86 that's 88 that's ig 88 in clone wars well no the bounty hunter but they the series of ig units oh the series yeah yeah then um i think the ones that are like before him are like 85 or something like that um they like can compartmentalize like can shrink themselves down to really small and they're like hidden on ships Mm -hmm. um and like you can activate them really quickly but they don't take up a lot of space whereas like something like a super battle droid is going to take up more space yeah um and the last thing i'll really go over um is going to be the code because we did talk about the code a lot uh members of the guild were mandated to uphold the bounty hunter code which forbade members to slay another guild hunter or steal another hunter's bounty the code also forbade hunters from asking about their bunny bounties once delivered requiring the events that transpire between the time of accepting the and delivering the bounty be immediately forgotten additionally when the guild assigned one of its members to pursue the subject of a government bounty only that particular hunter with, was authorized to go after that particular acquisition although such restrictions were guild policy Barrett, uh, 
Valence was a guild member who was known for flaunting the code, while the guild's bureaucracy held members in check over policies, the unbroken clan criminal syndicates, General Vukora had the ability to circumvent the bureaucracy by means of credits. So, that's the code. Um, To simplify all that, basically, the code says you can't kill another member, you can't take another member's contract, and you cannot talk about your contract once it's delivered. Basically, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Well, here's an example. If, say, a certain grand moth hires you to eliminate another moth and they take the contract and you do it and you do all that you can't it's against the bounty hunters code to then go say hey grand moth tarkin hired me to kill this other moth yeah yeah and then once you complete a job you don't talk about that job because then you can also you know make enemies out of yourself by flaunting hey i took down this target oh hey i took down this now there are obviously some obviously there are some uh bounties that obviously will be publicly like han solo everybody knew boba took him down it was common knowledge that who took who took down um han solo um and then in a future episode uh once we do go over the crimson dawn there surprisingly i did a brand new info i did not even know about and it's specifically from the comics um there's a lot of info about uh han's time when he was in carbonite like that's interesting there was like just like kind of like give a word for it there was a war that basically happened between different crime syndicates specifically over hans carbonite on who gets who got to keep it correct yeah it, it, it's a variant i did not know about it's in the if anybody wants to start reading that stuff it's in the um i want to say it's in the star wars bounty hunters um marvel comics that that's going on right it's mm-hmm. currently new issues coming out um it's like like issues 50 something i think at this point there's so many issues or it might be part of the crimson dawn issues they did but it's a bold move to go against job of the hut like that like the man has literally been around since before the clone wars funny enough a lot of a lot of star wars characters have <laughs> but like he's he was a top tier crime lord before the clone wars oh yeah i mean we see him in episode one uh i mean he's running tatooine at that time at even Mm -hmm. then all the way up to you know return of the jedi he's running uh, that's what um god how many is that like 50 years almost 40 years 40 years that we see that we see and i'm sure if we researched it we'd find out he lived a lot longer i know huts are a long-lived species huts are a very long-lived species so yeah we'll get to the hut cartel one day yes that's uh that's our actually our next episode will be the hut cartel so we get to learn all about our favorite hut or 
not favorite hut java or you know all of our other non-favorite huts um <clears throat> what was the hut in clone wars um zero the hut? zero i hated zero <laughs> so much but yeah that, that's what we got for this episode all right you got any nothing else about the bounty hunters uh no that that's what we got for bounty hunters just stay tuned honestly for mando season three which is said to drop in february of next year but that, that's really it that we know of right now yeah all right well thanks for listening we'll see you next week and then may the force be with you thank you for listening to holocron histories star wars canon versus legends you can find us on the robots radio discord at robotsradio.net you can also follow us on twitter at sw hollow histories and contact us at holocron histories at gmail.com all right thanks for all of you who stuck around and viewed i have to go and cook dinner now or eat dinner my wife cooked dinner (laughs) fun and i will be going off here to um i might be for anybody who's still watching uh i might stream some elder scrolls online on my own twitch account at ben of tamaria maybe later I have a new PC set up with two screens so I can actually, you know, stream and watch my actual stream on my other monitor, which is fantastic. So Yeah, that's nice. All right. So I'll see you all later. Have a nice one, everybody. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.